Welcome to Back in My Day. I'm David Petrangelo, and this week I'm joined by Michael R. Power. It's just the two of us this time around, sir. Um, we are the yeah. two not so stereotypical millennials that are now going to be looking back at least a couple more times, um, a little more recent. How about our Back in My Day segment for the next couple episodes is anywhere between 12 to 12 months to 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just to tease ahead of what we're talking about. So this week, um, we're going to go through our favorite five, our top personal top five movies, uh, TV shows, and video games from 2019. Um, so relevant, considering we're in the middle of January. But you know what? It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's something actually back. we did last year, which makes me think, has it been a full year? Of... It's been a full oh, year. The wow. first episode was in mid-December, and it was me and Carl. That's crazy. For our first couple. Um, and then we did ours uh, pretty much almost to the date that we did our wow. our look ahead to 2019 and our look back yeah. to 2018. So, yeah, it's been a year. Let's, wow. let's a whole year. crack open our, our coffee this morning and, <laughs> yeah. and look, uh, look back a bit. So, um, we will be getting back to a little bit more of our, uh, I guess, more uh, typical segments and our more classic segments over the next few weeks or so. But right now, there's lots to go through in 2019. It was, uh, it was an up and down year for some people as far as movies and, and games go and stuff, but... I think there's a lot to go through. So, uh, Mike, what do you want to start with? TV, movies? What do you want to start I with? I think we should start with video games. Video games. Okay. Yeah, we'll because video there's games. been a lot of movie talk on the podcast lately, and we're yes. sort of neglecting games. But Let's freshen it up yeah, a bit. <laughs> you and I, Dave, were big, big gamers, and I think Jordan, too, on the podcast. Yeah. So let's get some video game talk. So going. we have a top five um, mm-hmm. for all of our categories. Um, I think this year was a little bit off for new stuff for us for video games. I think we only played a handful, so or at least got through enough of a handful for us to be able to grasp what our favorites were yeah. from 2019. So um, do you have yours in order? One, I like, have mine in order. order. I okay. definitely had less time for video games this year than I had yeah. in the past. Mike but... became a dad! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the second half of the year was like movies and video games didn't get to do a lot of, yeah. but um, I think First I played half. enough games that I got a good pretty decent top five list. Okay, so let's start with our fives and I'll and I'll uh let's you, you start first. Let's okay, go for it. Okay, so there's a theme to my list because in twenty nineteen is also the year that I got my switch. Oh yeah. So and then I talked about it, if you would listen back to the episode, I talked about how all my um, anticipated games were basically Switch games. I didn't even have a <laughs> Switch right. back then. But uh so then about six or seven months later yeah, you got it. I finally so. got my Switch. <laughs> All right, so my number five game, and I did stick to all games that came out uh, last year. Yes, so did I. Um, So honorable mention would be Red Dead Redemption 2. That's my only honorable mention, which came out in 2018. I didn't play it till 2019, but it came out in 2018, so it would be on my list. And too. It was like November or December. It was like December, December, so there's no way I had time to play it. Yeah, which I I think we also mentioned, and it was like your anticipated for 2019. Like, I know I'm going to love this, (laughs) and then... It just takes too much time to get through, it, too. It does. So I did love it, but it's not on my list because it came out. Yeah. Because technicality. And didn't get a chance to get through it all. Yeah, exactly. Too. Yeah. So number five on my list is, surprise, a Switch game, and that's Tetris 99. It came out this year. Oh, was that technically the release? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was 2018. I'm pretty sure it was when I looked at the Wikipedia. So what's what? I know that we've talked about it not Mm. recording before, but like, what about that is different than just say, I don't know, Tetris that came out 10 years ago. Yeah. So when I got my Switch, I was like anticipating playing all these games. There was all this great library of back log or back catalog log of games, like Super Mario and Zelda, and I found myself for the first like month almost only playing Tetris 99. 
It was like the only game me and my wife free. were obsessed I mean, with. It's... It was free. Um, it's just amazing. I mean, Tetris is like kind of the most basic but best game of all time. Like simplest best game of all time, I guess. Simplest literal puzzle game yeah. of all time. But it's still least. yeah, but it's made so long ago, but it still holds up in any way you play it. And what they yeah. did is they found a new way. Um, to play Tetris, which is this whole like battle royale mode where you're battling 99 people and you're trying to race to be the number one winner. So I think it's really cool that you could take a really, really old, old game and find a v- brand new way to get people to play it. Yeah. So um, it was super addicting. Uh, it, it felt like a fresh new thing that I hadn't done before. It's the superior battle royale mode to like for me to like Fortnite or something. I'd rather just do this Tetris version. And, it, and they have all these little like modes you can, or not modes, but um, Ways that you can sort of attack the other players yeah, yeah. and stuff. You can, yeah, like, send I never blocks fully grasped it, but because I, I haven't played it as much as right. as you have and stuff. But um, you can either send yeah. blocks to random people. You can target people um, who are close to being KO'd, or you can send yeah. them to your attackers. So there's like, or yeah, so there's 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 a bit of a strategy to how you want to um, send your blocks. But yeah. because there's 99 or 100 people mm-hmm. um, participating, it's super fast moving. It's, it's super not like fast. like you can't really take your time. No, you have especially. To, after go on the offensive. a few minutes, like, yeah. and the best thing about it is you just get to jump in game after game after game because you keep trying and quick. trying and trying. Yeah, and, yeah if you end really early, fun. you're still you're in a game a minute later. It's or chasing less. that uh, carrot of trying to be trying to win and be number one. And yeah, just, oh, over it's so addicting. It's yeah. awesome though. Yeah, nice. Okay, um, my five is also a Switch game, and I'm assuming one of yours as well. It's Ultimate Alliance Three. Um, we talked about this on a separate episode of what we felt about it, and I think because it didn't feel super new and fresh, it was the reason why it held it back, but also the reason why I enjoyed it. Um, and there's tons to do. There's so much extra stuff that they've added to the game, and there's all those rifts that you can go through and unlock a bunch of characters, and, um, and costumes and, it's and everything. And a good game so, for, and, uh, back in my day, because yeah. it, it's, it's, uh... A sequel to all these like retro games. Sequel to the maybe two not games. retro, but older games that we love. They're retro enough. I think the first yeah. one was is like fifteen years old now. Right. Or so yeah. Right. So wild. and it pl- and and that's the thing is it plays so similar to those, mm-hmm. but with a few new like twists on it and stuff. So it's it kind of falls like in between that like, it's an old game, but it's also out this year kind of thing. So um and and it's just fun to to mix and match the different abilities and stuff like that so nice well, i'll jump ahead and say but that was my number four okay so there we go So there you go yeah so and and for similar reasons i mean like we we recorded half of an episode yeah, about this you can listen anyway to so you can go back to that but the only thing i'll say yeah. is that if it didn't have the marvel ip attached to it it probably wouldn't have been on my list so a bit of a bias yeah pick it helps there. it helps but that that is like the thing for me is like getting the costume seeing the characters yeah the gameplay, if it was just generic characters or whatever, the story and the gameplay would kind of be like, uh, or, right. I don't know if I connect with it as much, but the fact that it's Marvel characters is like... Well, the settings are, are, are making fun that way and yeah. stuff too. And it's just like, they just find a bunch of excuses like we've talked about, a bunch of excuses to put them all together. Right. So, <laughs> All right, so what's your three? No, do you want to do your four since I did my four? Oh, yeah, I guess yeah. my four. Okay, so... This one is, um, I'm tr- I need to look up exactly what the company name is here because I want to make sure that I talk about it. What um, system was it on? So it's on PC, PC? and it's on, uh, I believe they also have a Switch version, or PS4 as well. So it's called After Party. Hell basically runs itself nowadays. But then they take a cab ride from Sam and she goes and blabs about the loophole. Like I didn't already have enough to do tonight, you know. 
I mean, these complete idiots really have no idea what they're getting into. I need a drink. Is he talking to us? So it's the same company that made... It's called Night School Studio. That's what it is. So they made a game called Oxenfree a few years ago as well. And it's it's hard to explain because it's like... Um, you're just a couple of characters. <laughs> the, the premise is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, you're a couple of characters that you don't realize until a few, like an hour into the game, that you're dead, <laughs> uh, which is already, I think, if you look up a trailer and stuff, kind of gives it away. And you're you're trying to get out of hell what? by competing in a drinking game with the devil. What? <laughs> <That sounds laughs> so, so it sounds ridiculous. What? It sounds What's the super ridiculous. Style of this game is it like. It's okay. basically like a like a text adventure type thing. Right. You're two characters, and you can go between the two, and you respond to your conversations with people. It's a super cool like art style and yeah, the way it looks and everything. Cool. The acting, like the voice acting in this and in Oxenfree, which they made I think three four years ago, um, is incredible. That's why the game is good. The writing and the acting in it is what the game is about. Like it right. does it doesn't matter that you are drinking. It doesn't matter that you're in hell. Like all of that stuff is just an added bonus to it. But in this sort of part of the mechanic is that when you have a certain drink you or a couple of drinks, you sort of another bubble will pop up with uh, with text that you can respond to someone that will w- wouldn't be there otherwise, and that will change the conversation and where things branch off and things like that. Now I haven't finished the game, but I'm very close to it. I can sort of tell. Um, but I think the reason why I like it so much is because the writing and the characters it, it's funny. Like, the whole thing is yeah. funny, which is great. And um, it's just a lot of fun to just sort of see, like, the ideas they came up with. And it's so random. That sounds awesome. That but sounds it's cool. really good. And it's, like, one of those games that's, like, 20 or 25 bucks. And I've right. sort of... It came out, I think, in the summer or so, um, or in the spring, and I just picked it up, like, a month ago. And I've oh, been sort of... Right. I wanted to play for so long. I was mm-hmm. like, I got to get some of this in. And I like it so much, even though I haven't finished, that... Is it because you played Oxenfree? That That's you, why. You, because of the yeah. studio? Yeah. Cool. And Oxenfree is one that, like, I only played this past year as well. And I was like, whatever these guys do next, I have to play whatever the next game is. It sounds like they're doing, like, a different kind of game that's not generic or usual no and it's any of the categories it's not like platforming or anything like you're just you're basically walking from scene to scene having a discussion with people and when you get to like a sort of scene where Mm -hmm. you sort of stop and talk to someone the mechanic is in this one sort of drinking and talking and depending on what drink you have and they all have like clever do they get kind of like drunk and it gets like yeah so things get a little bit fuzzy and Ah, like the word if you have too much to drink even that extra text bubble or two that you get to use as part of the conversation sometimes you can't even read it properly (laughs) but it does give a different response and then it branches off into something else so it's sort of like a cool way to tell a story is basically what it is so that's that's after party after party so that's something to watch out for too All right, so my number three, this is um, the first game on my list, maybe the only game on my list that's not a Switch game. This Ah. is a PlayStation and uh, PC and Xbox game, Apex Legends. Oh, yeah. And we also did an episode about this game. Oh, yeah, that's right, we did. Um, (laughs) In the middle of the hype in in February or something. Uh, Definitely the hype has died down a bit on this game. I haven't played it in a few months, but I can't deny the fun that I had playing this game in the summer. It was one of the more most fun uh, I had online. Yeah, experiences online. Um, I thought it was much better than Fortnite, and um, just a solid shooter. You can go listen to our episode on that. I yeah. think it'll be on a lot of people's lists. And yeah, that's my number three. I should have put that on my list. 
it's not on mine. Yeah, just the amount of time we, we played. Yeah, we, we played, played it a lot, um, and I really enjoyed it. And I, I downloaded it for PC as well. Just I just wanted to see like what it felt like and what it looked like and stuff. I played. I put a lot of hours into it. You know, stuff, a game so, yeah. is good when it's like you have this group of friends that you used to play games with a lot, and you don't play games anymore. And then a game comes out, and all of a sudden you're all playing together yeah, again. Yeah, that's a sign of. A I bought that of, first like Battle Pass thing for a yeah. month. It was like ten bucks or something, which was worth it. But I, it came out at a time when I. Started playing it less, so it felt like ah oh, crap. Everyone's playing, jumping on with friends that I uh, had since high school or that haven't played games in a long time, yeah. playing together, and it was, it was fun. It was like a moment. It was a good few months of fairly consistent yeah, online like game play and stuff, and, yeah. and we didn't have to spend any money on it. I no. just I figured that I put so many hours into it, I might as well try that one month thing, yeah, and I, th- I think it was free. still worth it. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know why I didn't. I could have gone on there, actually. So there you go. That'll be an honorable mention for me. How about that? Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> uh, my three is, surprisingly at number three, um, is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Ooh. So I, f- I was actually expecting this to be number one coming in. Really? Yeah. Oh, w- the anticipation. Yeah, the it was your most anticipated. Yeah. yeah, and I was expecting it to be number one um, as I started playing it mm-hmm. as well. Um, and if you listen to and read reviews and impressions of it and stuff the gist of why it's not sort of that quote-unquote perfect game um it's the same guys that did titanfall and everything and the same guys that did apex legends the same at least same company not the exact same people that have done it but same people that made titanfall after they made titanfall 2 this is what they went to do right so that was a very good game and both both of those games are amazing right um so the story itself is amazing, but there's there's something about the gameplay that feels like it's it's just missing one little thing. There's always something about the way that you fight or the things that you collect or whatever that just doesn't quite it doesn't quite get there. There's something about it. Um, and there's a lot of people that have said they really like the sort of maneuvering and the jumping around and things like that. I thought there was too much of that. I wish they it, like it, it spreads the game out a little bit. It gets you to do different things. Um, but I just wanted to fight the whole time. Mm-hmm. But even if I did that, if the mechanics of the fighting were the same the whole way through, it still would have probably been in the same place because it's impactful, it's cool and everything, but there's just still something slightly off. And I don't know if it's like the way that you, you lock on to the enemies or if it's the way that the flow of the lightsaber fighting is or something. I think I've heard that that's been a something. common criticism of the game that everything, like the graphics, the storytelling, yeah. uh, everything's like A+, and then the control, the way it controls in combat is what's holding it everything back. Everything is A, uh-huh. but nothing's A+. Nothing's A+, plus. okay. That's what it is. And like, it's it's so good. And I, I actually ha- would actually go back, like the way they get you into the story, into the game, the first like couple hours of the game are almost the best part because you're sort of discovering where you are and why this guy is where he is, and they sort of set you up in a really good way. And where the story goes is cool, too. Um, but it's just, there's a couple things missing, even though it's a very, and very good we game. we talked about it during our month of Star Wars, but it's actually uh, canonical. It's like yes. in-universe to the Star Wars movies, yeah. which is very cool. Yeah, and there's something that goes on in this game that I finished playing it about two weeks, maybe before Episode Nine came out, that I thought that's where they were going in Episode Nine, and that actually would have been better to me. Oh, wow. Yeah, so what they do in this... Yeah. I mean, it, it takes place way earlier. Like, it's this is between episode three and four. Okay. Um, regardless, the the where they were where they go with the story with this, if it if it was fifty years or forty years later, I would have liked. I want to see that story. So if they come up out with 
a sequel to this game, regardless of who makes it. Mm-hmm. I think this is supposed to be sort of a mini game series. Um, then I, sequel, I, I would, I would, I would love it. The, cool. the story goes in, in really good, and the characters are, are cool too. They're all new characters, um, and they're all interesting and nice. cool too. So that's Jedi Fallen Order. Right on. Yeah. Well, Ian uh, Walter couldn't be here, but that was on his list too. Right. So right. Yeah. He was. He played through it and everything too. Yeah. Uh, all right. Now we get down to the final two. Yeah. My number two video game of 2019 is Fire Emblem Three Houses for ah. the Switch. So you got through some I of it? I got it for Christmas. <laughs> so very recent. I have been addicted to it, and I got my wife addicted to it, and we both love the Fire... Like, I've got her addicted to the Fire Emblem games back uh, with the Wii. Right. And... Um, Was that... Were those the first ones, or were, those, or were they, like, DS or something? Uh, no, there's been... I think the very first ones were, like, back Super Nintendo days, but they didn't come to North America. Oh, right, and right, then, right, Okay. Yeah, the first one was, I think, in the GameCube. Okay. And there's been sort of one or two per Nintendo Yeah, there's a completely blank spot for me. I've never never played any of yeah, them. Yeah, so it's like a Japanese RPG game, but it's also like a Final Fantasy Tactics or XCOM style of like yeah. grid battling, almost like yeah. chessboard battling. Yeah, I like du- that. But That's done fun. really well, and then also with like really um, zany, wacky, like Japan tradition, like Japanese storytelling, Japanese RPG storytelling. And a lot of like unique characters and stuff too. Yeah, and you can recruit characters. And this one um, just takes it one step further where you can can recruit characters, make them fall in love. And the interactions between the characters are taken are taken to the next level in this game. Okay. Because usually you only inter- usually you just go from battle to battle to battle. Whereas in this game they have like you're like a teacher at a school and it's got a very like Harry Potter oh, type fun. vibe where there's like three different houses in the school and you belong oh, nice. to one house and you're battling the other three houses and the students are interacting and you're interacting with them and you're training them specifically. You get to choose which house you want? Yeah, you get to choose which oh, house okay. you want. You get to try to poach students from other houses. Oh, you nice. get to do it's crazy. That the, sounds like a fun oh, yeah, the, mechanic the, just the, in general. The yeah. depth of of the mechanics is crazy. And then, so in between, every month there's a battle, and then during the month when you're not battling, you're, like, teaching classes, interacting with the students, mm-hmm. training them, and, like, doing all this, it's just, it's it's crazy yeah. stuff that you do, but it's it's actually really addicting and fun. Nice. And so you get to groom up your, like, school of students um, exactly how you want them and, and recruit other people. And then there's, like, this, also this, like, crazy story, as there always is in, um, Fire Emblem games yeah. going on as well. So is the battling basically the same as what it's been before? Just yeah, with, like, it's the grid style battling. Stuff? Yeah, just just with a bit more tweaks, just more like quality of life. Okay, tweaks like they always make. Yeah, like it's, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it, but the added good. stuff is enough. The to added make it, stuff is is really the yeah. And these are really long, school. deep games and stuff, so it's going to oh, take a little so while long. to go through. Yeah, it. yeah, it's so long, but That's it's good. It, nice. It's fun. It's really, really good. So there you go. It's nice, nice and new and fresh, mm-hmm. and you guys get to play together and stuff, which is fun. Yeah, and that's, because that's it's good. like a grid-based battle, we can kind of like sit there on the couch and play together and say like, who take should we time. move here? Yeah, so yeah, it's fun. that's fun. Nice, sweet. Um, my number two. I, uh, this was another one that I sort of semi. Semi cheated with, I think, when we were looking ahead to the year, is Hades. Nobody gets out of my domain, whether alive or dead. You wish to learn the hard way? Fine. Then go. Get out. Don't let me stop you. <laughs> Wasn't planning on it, Father. And it's a game um, 
that the same company, um, Supergiant Games, that made uh, Bastion and Transistor, which I really liked. And this is, you are uh, Hades, his, so it's like a roguelike. You're going through all these different levels and you're trying to, <laughs> similar to After Party, you're trying to escape hell, <laughs> basically. <laughs> there's a theme to There's Dave's a theme games. to this. Oh, geez. <laughs> What's it say dark... about you, Dave, that you're, you're desperate to <laughs> I'm escape I'm trying to get hell. out of hell. <laughs> I live in hell. Um, it's, it's an action game and, and you have a bunch of different abilities and you have a bunch of different uh, weapons you can use. There's a spear, there's a sword, there's a shield, uh, there's a bow and arrow. Um, and then there's one that's sort of like a gun or something, but this is a game that was in, uh, like sort of pre-release in late 2018. And I picked it up because I like this company's games. Like a, they're a decent sized indie developer, but, um, their games are, are pretty big. And this one officially released earlier this year, but literally every month they have an update. So they'll have a new character. They'll have a new weapon. They'll have a new story. They'll have a new level. You don't have to pay for any of that? No, it's all part oh, of it. Wow. And it was like, I think I got it for 25 or 30 bucks wow, or something like good. over a year ago. And I've played it on and on. Every month when there's an update, I'm like, okay, I'm going to play this this week. And I'll play it for a few hours. And then a couple days later, a couple hours. So, um, and so they've been updating everything. And like, it's another one of those things where just like with Bastion, I, I can't remember if you played Bastion or not. Or, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Xbox. like how the guy sort of tells a story and stuff. This is very much about that too. Like all these characters. So they'll have like Zeus is a character, all the Greek gods and goddesses are characters. So you'll run into them and they'll give you like an ability as you get from level to level. And they'll sort of like explain to you why they want to help you get out of hell, even though you're trying to be held back. And they'll give you an ability that'll give you, I don't know, Poseidon will give you something where like you'll dash towards Ooh. a character and the water will push right. enemies away. Something or relevant to their, a, whatever they're the god of. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And um, now I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on the, on the, his, in the, in the game he's sort of his younger cousin. But he's the one that's really fast. He's a Greek god that's super fast. Anyway, so he'll make you run faster or or the level will be smaller so that you can get to the exit faster or something. Like there's all these little things that tie into what their abilities will be and stuff. And it's funny, it's got a good writing. It's very difficult. I've only gotten through like 60% of the game oh, still. Wow. It's so difficult, but I always want to do it because every time you go in, there's different enemies, there's different levels, things are laid out differently, you use different abilities for different reasons. Um, it's just a really, really fun game and I'm going to keep playing it because they keep updating it. So there's right. no reason to not continue yeah, with it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so they add a, more gods basically every time? They'll add more it? gods and they'll add different uh, weapons and they'll add different like add-ons. You'll have like but a... it's a one-player game, right? It's a one-player wow. game. That's um, cool. You can compare like scores if you have friends and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's on Epic Games. That's where I got it and I think they're bringing it to consoles but I don't know when or how and I think now it's... I think it might now be on Steam but if anyone hasn't played Hades yet, I highly, highly recommend it if you like... Um, roguelike games and uh the art style is super cool it kind of looks like um a cartoon mixed with like an art painting like a um sort of hand-drawn painting and stuff and everything so anyways Hades. sounds cool yeah continued wow. continued to be towards the top of my list and i just yeah. like one of those ones that like oh yeah you just fell in love with basically. yeah and it, yeah. It, i i thought i would like it at the beginning and ever since i started playing it, it's been over a year now off and on it's almost, it's not a completely Hasn't different game. Hasn't left your playlist for no, a whole year. No, not at Sign all. of a good game. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. And it, they've changed enough of it that it feels like a, a new game, mm -hmm. even three oh, months wow. later. Three it felt like later. a new game. Yeah. So awesome. All right. That's two. All right. So here is my number one video game of 2019 surprise Switch game. Yeah. Uh, probably no surprise, Dave. It's Pokemon Pokedex. Sword and Shield. Yeah. And you have which? I have Sword. Sword. Um, and I won't get into it too much because it's just 
it is just another Pokemon game, but yeah. those games to me are like my favorite, and it does enough different uh, quality of life changes. It does enough different that puts it to the top of my list, and it's just really cool seeing the Pokemon games on the TV. Right. Because it's the first Pokemon game for console. Yeah. And yeah. It's Pokemon. It's, it's, it's Pokemon. <laughs> it is Pokemon. Like, it's not have much you worked to say your way about through it, it yet? I can't remember how far have, you've so yeah, far. As, have, of, as of right now. I beat the story. Okay. And I haven't got them all. But the f- fun thing to me is like trying to collect them all. Yeah. That's what I usually try to do. Some people try to really raise a team to like battle online or this right. team, whatever you want to do. Right. So I, I try to catch them all. That's my... And now recently now there's like expansions and, and there's stuff expansions. too. So. I don't know how I feel about the expansions because at one at one point it keeps the game... Going a bit longer gives you yeah. more story things to do. Because, is that what it is? It's story based. Yeah, after you beat the story of the Pokemon game, you're sort of just stuck in the end game state, and you're trying to like catch them all, them all, and you're fighting the same people over and over. There's like right. so many people to fight. So right. adding more story is kind of cool, but the fact you have to pay for it, I don't know. But I don't know. Yeah, you paid for a full price game. Is there any new Pokemon in it? Or is there it? is. They're adding okay. like 200 more. Oh wow! So it does feel worth it. I will definitely get okay. it. So there's two different expansions as well. Does that just depend if you have Sword or Shield? Is that no? They're just coming out in different times. Yeah, oh, so they're, okay. they're just releasing it. So there's two different one ones expansion in a few months, and the other expansion like next fall. Okay. And so there'll be yeah, so you can play the one expansion, try to beat the story, give you some time to try to catch everyone. That's that one. Yeah. Next. I mean, if that's come. gonna be, it's thirty bucks, I think, for both of them, which is not bad. Oh, that's oh for both. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty okay. Good. So it's sort of like a mini season. I think pass it's for both. Idea. Not each. Either way, I mean, yeah. honestly, like if there's enough content there, thirty bucks. Just wondering if this is later, the way it's, it's not gonna, so bad. If this is the way that Pokemon games are gonna head, which is the more like charge you every year style game. Um, well, you know what? If they're gonna if they're gonna hang on, if this is gonna be like the Pokemon game for Switch, mm-hmm. let's say, then that's not so bad. And they definitely did a good job with this game. I think when they designed this game, they always had it in mind to do expansions because they left it a bit open. There's this like wild area. Which is different in this game, where it's just like which is new, right? Which is new, yeah. Which is like there's all these different areas of the wild area, and there's different weathers in each area, and depending on the weather, different Pokemon will come up, and there's they can sort of add to it, right? Because um, you keep kind of kind of coming back to that during the game instead right. of just being a more linear like city to city like it used to be. So it's it's smart, and I think it's they've they've got my money. They sold me with this game, and they they continue with each Pokemon game to get better and better and better, in my opinion. Um, so yeah. Yeah, Pokemon. Here we go. So my number one is a little bit of a cheat. It's technically three games. Oh, wow. <laughs> but that's only because I am nowhere close to finishing any of them, and there's not really only one of them really has like an end story. So the first one is is one that I started playing at the beginning of the year. It's called Astroneer. There's a theme to all three of these. Okay. They're all discovery, sort of yeah, discovery and adventure like space games. That's the only reason why I put them all together, and I put a bunch of hours into all three of them. Are they the same, like... Completely different games. Not, oh, different games? Different okay. developers, everything right, is different. Right, right. They're, they're similar in some ways. So Astroneer, which is strictly, like, you, you go on a planet, you start with nothing, and you have to gather a bunch of resources, and that's basically the game. And you basically have to build a base, and if you play it single player, it's just you, and you're just on your planet, and eventually you can fly to another one, and whatever, but there's multiplayer versions now and stuff. Um... Then there's uh, The Outer Wilds, which uh, was on sale sort of back in December, and I haven't gone through a ton of it. And I didn't know a lot about it, but it is this sort of rogue sort of like loop thing. So every time you start, you, you basically you play in 20 to 25 minute increments. Every 20 or 25 minutes, I can't remember what the number is, 
the game basically kills you. You you reset. The universe that you're in explodes. And oh, you're wow. trying to figure out why that happened, what led to that, and how you can stop it. Because you're constantly in a loop. That and no one else like knows a you're in a Majora's loop. Majora's Mask kind of. Yeah, it's yeah. A, actually, it's that that's, I never thought of that, but that's almost exactly wow, what it is. it is that exact mechanic. That's yeah. very cool. I haven't seen a game do that in years. Yeah, so it's really, it's really interesting. Um, or it's like that movie... Um, Live, I repeat, with yeah. Tom Cruise. Yeah, and, and this is like, there's no combat in this game. It's just you walking around trying to decipher all these different ways of, like, you're, you find, like, a, a, a device that deciphers, like, these this text on the wall and all these uh, different um, species that were here before you and why they were there and what they're talking about and why this thing exploded and how you can stop it from happening and all these little planets in this mini-universe of yours, you can walk around in like 10 minutes. They're just like these mini moons basically, but they all act differently. They all have all these weird things. They have like dimension portals in them and stuff. It's, there's so much to keep track of and I've only played seven or eight hours or something, but I, I want to know what this is mm-hmm. and no one's telling you a story. You're discovering it yourself wow. and that's, that's why cool. it's fun is because you'll just like, oh, I'm going to pick that planet. Like you've never mm-hmm. been to it before and there's like 10 or something, mini ones and you go, oh, I saw this text and then it, it'll track that sort of mini storyline for you and then you go, oh, that's related to that planet and that's related to that part. And, that, and then it's just like... So how do you beat the game? Do you have any idea? I have no idea. You have no idea. I have no oh, idea. Crazy. I don't want to know. I just want to yeah. discover what is going on and why. Anyways, there's that. And my really my, my number one, because I've put way more into it and it's still technically a cheat even if it was on its own, is No Man's Sky. Because this year they came out with one massive update that... I think it was the next one, I think is what they called it, next, that changed a ton of stuff and added a ton of stuff. I think it came out in like April or May and I started playing it in the summer. And um, I don't really know what it played like before because I didn't buy it until this update came out and then it was like half price or something. I figured I always wanted to play this. I'm just going to buy it. This was a massively hyped game from, I don't know, three Three, four years ago at this point. Yeah, and it just didn't have a lot of what Mm -hmm. they promised and... It still doesn't, but it still is. It's a it's a good mix between these two other games because you start on a planet and you just have to start from scratch. You don't have anything with you. You have to discover all these different species and sort of build your base and all this now, stuff. From what I was hearing about this game, the big selling point was that like the game was going to be entirely uh, generate or procedure generated. Is. Everything r- is randomly so different for everyone's account, and the the sell of the game was like you're going to be in your game and have. A universe that's totally unique to yeah. you and like no one else's game. Yeah. So I went to And that's that's kind of what And you happens. go from galaxy to galaxy and like wow, that's I cool. still haven't seen anybody. Really? And I went to like eight different galaxies. I played for like fifty hours. Like I haven't seen anyone. And you can run into other players online, yeah, right? Gonna, like yeah. Actual people. And now they have like a hub, sort of like Destiny does. Mm-hmm. So you can go to like this hub and you can connect to people if you want to play together or do like a sort of mini mission together and stuff. You can you can do that stuff to make it easier. But while I'm out on my own, away from that hub and discovering, I have yet to find, I've seen traces of other people being there, but I haven't actually run into anyone physically. Oh, so you've seen traces of people. Yeah, That's so cool. I've seen like something uncovered or undug or oh, whatever wow. and things like that. And it's all about like collecting and trying to figure out what all these items do and stuff. Now, isn't there so, like a story? There is. Story yeah, and you can, you, can play, follow? you can play without the story and you can just discover everything and then there's no, there's no one attacking you. There's no, none of that stuff, right? Um, so there's like a little story and there's like different branching storylines you can get to and those are still pretty interesting. And similar to the Outer Wilds, you don't really know... 
Why? Because your character spoon feeds you the story. You kind of yeah, you have it to out. follow it along. You sort of follow the traces and stuff. So um, I'm going to go back to at least this game and probably the Outer Wilds for sure. So this is probably going to be stuff that'll occupy a lot of my time in the next little while. But they're all sort of somewhat related. The only one that stands out that's a little different because it's there's no combat. There's no like massive, massive universe is Outer Wilds. I think that's actually the most interesting because I just, I don't know what's going on and I, I just want to know what's happening in like cool. the mini story. So anyways, that's what that is. You're number one. Awesome. <laughs> My collective Way number cheat, one. That's right. Way to I'll cheat. I know I cheated. <laughs> uh, the other one I want to mention just because it'll probably affect both of us is like, I wanted to put it on the list but it's technically not a game is the like Super Nintendo and Nintendo games. On I was going to put that on. Too. Yeah, yeah. I, was <laughs> so I, was like, too. I should put that on there. Yeah, but... that deserves a mention, especially yeah. the Super Nintendo. Especially the Super Nintendo online. ones. And they've added a couple games to it too, which I didn't even realize. I turned it on the other day and I go, "Oh, there's another Kirby game." That on was there. also when I got my Switch. What I was only playing, like I didn't for buy a, while, a Switch yeah. game for like the first month or two that I owned it because I was just playing Tetris and the Nintendo. But you don't have to, right? Yeah, you don't, you don't have really have awesome. to. So now you got tons, so we're good. Yeah, um, all right, so that's a longer discussion than I thought we were going to go for games. So we'll try not to go super long with, <laughs> all right. with our other ones. So I'm going to take a really quick break and we're going to get into TV shows and movies. Do you want to do a official Back My Day game of the year? Ooh, I think game of the if year. if it was going to be one, because I have Ian's list and he yeah. has Fallen Order, Anthem, Apex Legend, Luigi's Mansion... And Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I, I think play Luigi's Mansion so bad. <laughs> the one that appears the highest on yeah. everyone's list is probably Jedi Fallen Order. I, and Would I wouldn't, be... I wouldn't actually be upset, quote unquote, upset mm. if it was Apex Legends because yeah, it could be Apex. It's on all I'm happy hours. to make that part of it because I played a lot of it and I loved pretty much the whole time saying this. I'm I'm fine with making it that. Okay, Apex honestly. Legends. Yeah. And we did an episode. Okay. An episode yep. on it, and I actually feel yeah. weird that I didn't put it on my list. <laughs> so <laughs> this, is your, this is your time to make up this, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's do that. Let's okay. make it Apex Legends. Apex Legends. There we go. That's our game Congrats. of 2019. There we go. <laughs> Congrats, because <laughs> clearly they care what we think. <laughs> okay. Clearly. We'll, we'll be back, and we'll try and uh, get a little bit quicker into our movies and games of 2019. Welcome back. We have uh, gone through our favorite games of 2019. It took a little longer, but we also, like you said, haven't talked about games in a while. Yeah, it's fun to get back into the games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, let's tackle our favorite five of uh, TV shows of 2019. Um, I'll start this time with uh, my first. We'll try and not get it as mm. long as we The did. fun thing is we don't know each other's lists. Right? We don't, right? So, we didn't mention that. We yeah, have no idea. Um, so my number five is uh, The Mandalorian. That's your number five. That's my number five. I'm shocked. Dude. Are you? Wow. <laughs> Holy crap. Um, there's For some just, reason, I thought I was going to be the hardest on it, and it's still really high on my list. It's, so. Yeah. Okay, I, number five. It could have been anywhere from three to five, I would say, on mine, I think. You know who's um, going to be upset with you is Scott Burnett. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to be on everyone's bad list. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, it's on your list, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want, if it's too high up, we can wait and talk about it. But it's my number five. No, we can talk about it now. Um, where is it on yours? It's number two. Number two. Yeah. Oh, shnikes. Okay, so let's just talk about it since it's both on our list. Um, I love it. I think it's amazing. Um, I think it's cool to have a different look at the Star Wars universe. I think where um, where it ends up is cool. I think that last episode is the last and 
first two episodes are probably still my favorite. Same. Yeah, um, exactly there. I think the first two are sort of like, oh, it's new. It's a surprise. Like that, I think it sort of welcomes you into this this part of the story and this part of the, the universe in a, in a fun way. And then the last one, I mean, again, it's just me liking Taika Waititi a lot. Like he wrote it. It's great TV. And it's in the Star Wars it's just really well done. world. And it feels the closest thing to the original trilogy since it, the original trilogy came out. It does. Out. I yeah. said it's probably the best Star Wars thing I've seen since Empire. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If it's not, it's damn close. Yeah, it's close. Regardless of who you are, um, I think I think that's hard to argue. And I, like I said, the first two episodes, the reason why maybe when we talked a couple weeks ago, I might have been, it sounded like I was down on it, it would have been lower on my list, was because the it did meander a bit in the middle, and it became like a Monster of the Week um, procedural type show, right? Which is still fun. Which I thought was a weird choice, but um, yeah. But it, it, yeah, it's something that they maybe did and tried, and those episodes didn't really push the story forward. And the, those episodes right. did what I don't like what Star Wars does, which was obsess over the original trilogy and like go back to Tatooine. And yeah, things like so there that. was a couple episodes that did that, which is which is fine, but it wasn't necessary. But I prefer like this, like it's a little story in some corner of the universe that we don't know anything about, and yeah, it's yeah. tell all new stories and not. Not be obsessed with the stuff that happened in the original trilogy. Yeah, it's still linked, but it's but it's different. And, yeah, and that's and that's I think that's what we we've wanted mm-hmm. for a while, and that's what it ultimately ended up being. By yes, the end. yes, so, exactly, and ties into like the other TV shows, the, the animated TV shows, and, and stuff. And I think which, it's the reason also is because we were doing a whole month of Star Wars, so I was immersing myself in Star Wars. <laughs> that's I was right, watching all of the movies. Also, thank you everybody if you're still <laughs> yeah, listening. That was, <laughs> that was fun. We were watching all the movies, and The Mandalorian was out, and yeah. I just it was so fun to go back to. The world of the original, what felt like the world of the original. Uh, it does feel trilogy. that way. It feels that way. Yeah. It was just really, really well done. And I think it takes place at a at a at a period of time in the saga that is interesting that we haven't explored mm-hmm. a whole lot, right? Yeah. Um. So it's and like Baby Yoda. five to seven years after Jedi, um. And I don't know if Baby Yoda was was the only character in it. Would it be a number one? Would it be the number one yeah, show on your list? Probably. <laughs> probably. Just a show about Baby Yoda. Yeah. He wasn't in it enough. That's why I ended up number two. Also, like I, I think like oh, it's it's cute. It's different. It's it's surprising when you first yeah it's see it. But I think that the little bits that you get from that character um, of what of what it does is still is cool. And right? I, what I mentioned was the lone wolf and cub um, storyline that is sort right. of what's it called. Uh, I'm not copying, sort of copying. No, but it's like the of, trope of the show. Yeah, it's yeah. sort of inspired. Yeah. And it's, yeah, so that was cool. That's something I've never seen before, which is like the samurai traveling with the baby. That's the yeah. story or the the child. And we've yet to seen a show really do that. And it's like some, it was a sort of story that was ripe for yeah. adaptation. And they did a really, really good job. And I thought it was cool to use the Star Wars world to tell that story. It's a it's a different it's a, it's a Star Wars, like you said, it's a Star Wars universe, but now telling a different type of story yeah. that we haven't seen mm-hmm. from that Not universe. Not about before. Jedi and bloodlines. Yeah. It's about this yeah. lone wolf and cub adventure. There's mention of it, cool. but that's it, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't. It, that's not the gist yeah, of the story. Yeah, it lives so. in the background. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, I think that that's going to be on almost everyone's list Probably. in this group. So yeah. Okay. I'll go on to number five. We can talk about Mandalorian sure. for a whole episode if we want. Yeah. To, honestly, we'll cut it yeah. off there. Okay. My number five is an Amazon Prime show, The Boys. Oh based yeah, on the Venice comic book. Nice. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I love my. I never comic- made my way through the whole thing. Uh, I sh- I really want to though. I, I love my uh, comic books. I love my comic book movies and my comic book TV shows. And this was probably the best uh, new comic book TV show that I watched last year, because it was a totally different um, look 
at yeah, kind of yeah, more yeah. of a cynical look, yeah. but a realistic kind of look into um, what it would be like if superheroes were real. Yeah. Um, and I actually think I read the the book. I've read the book The Voice, and I actually think the show does something rare in the comic book movie, uh, TV show world, which is it's actually like improves upon the book. Oh, in okay. my opinion, nice. Yeah, like because like it expands it more. Or? Just the things that it's saying are more the pertinent. Yeah, the commentary okay. of it, I just liked better than the commentary that the book was saying. The book was okay. even more cynical. Um, but yeah, so they took the ideas in the book and they sort of repackaged it. The very close, st- close starts. The story starts very, very similar to the book. Mm-hmm. Then it goes sort of different places. Yeah, and I just really, really liked where it go, where it went. And nice. I thought it's a great show if you, if you like. Um, superheroes and comic book things, but you're in violence. In violence, <laughs> but you're getting a bit tired of them. Yeah, this is like a breath of fresh air. Into I think that. maybe that maybe I'll have to finish it then. I, I think I got through three. Yeah, it's good. Maybe two it's and really it's good. good. I I like them. I like for whatever reason I I lost track. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I'm looking forward to season two. So yeah, it, yeah. oh there is a season five. two for sure. For sure. Okay. Yeah, nice. So yeah, the boys on Amazon Prime. That was number four. Number five for me. Oh five. Sorry. Yeah. Um, okay. So my four is a show called Unbelievable. Um, it's on Netflix. It's a... I would recommend everyone watch it because of what it's about and how they handle it, but it's also a very hard show to watch. Yeah, I watched a bit uh, of this with... Uh, with the wife? wife yeah. yeah, it's... Um, man, it's tough to watch. But I think... I mean, it, it's about a, a girl being raped and the story based on a true story of how the cops not believing cops her, not right? believing her and her basically saying no it didn't really happen and, and her sort of grasping with that it's it's about like the, the the mental toll that it can take on people like that while also following the cops trying to solve what it is that's going on if this is like you know a serial situation mm-hmm. or if it's just a one-off, or or just in general, just just helping this uh, this young girl go through this. The acting is just ridiculously good. Like the two cops, Tony Collette, like just everyone in the show is amazing. And it felt, I don't know, I I've I don't know anyone that's been in this situation, and I've obviously never been in this type of situation either or anything. But it just felt like they treated it with respect, and it, it was real. Uh, even though the story is based on real, like just in general, just how they treated it, and I think it's like six or seven episodes or something. It's sort very of like relevant a, to 2019 with very like the rel- Me Too movement. Exactly, so uh, perfect timing. When the show came out, there was a lot of buzz, but people were talking about it a lot for like that first weekend it came out, and then yeah. it kind of. That's a problem with Netflix shows when they drop all at once. It can get that, buried pretty yeah, easy. Like the conversation sort of yeah is really intense for the first few. Days, yeah. and then it kind of goes away. And- yeah, and this one was, I think we watched it over the course of a week, week and a half or something, and uh, only a couple times out of those seven or eight episodes or whatever it is, we watched one back-to-back. It's very easy to do that right. if all the episodes yeah. are out because you kind of need to like not experience how dark and how real the story is, but I thought it was just like so, so well-written and acted, and the way they treated the situation was enough so like oh. I, I absolutely love it I think it was right. amazing good choice it's unbelievable yeah, it's yeah. Called? unbelievable Netflix. on uh, Netflix alright my number four show is something we talked about on the podcast uh, also on Netflix Stranger Things season three nice we did a whole episode about it yep we love our with we, our Marvel Ultimate Alliance Marvel one Alliance. together so, yeah <laughs> we love us some Stranger Things I absolutely adore the show I yeah. love what the Duffer Brothers are doing I love how it's mashing these genres from our childhood together and giving us something um, that feels that feels um, nostalgic, but is yep. totally new. 
Um, and I think everyone watches the show. So yeah. this was a return <laughs> to form for the show, I think. I didn't have as much critical things to say about season two as same, some people same. did. I thought it was still good. Uh, but I think season three is better than season two. And is, yeah, is also is like on par with season one. So okay. season three, if you haven't watched it by some weird chance. Yeah. And if you want to hear all our thoughts, which was like maybe only a couple weeks after it came out or something yeah. when we had our episode, um, yeah, you can, you can hear it in that one too. Um, so that was... Number four. Four. Okay, so my three is Succession. That's my three as well. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So this Good. show is amazing. Yeah. I love show. this show. <laughs> the writing in it is amazing. It's sort of like, um, I mean, it's sort of a take on 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 the Fox, the family that ran that ran Fox and runs Fox and stuff. That's sort of like the gist of what they're getting at. Um, but everyone, it's one of those shows where, like, with uh, House of Cards, for example, I never really watched. I watched, I think, part of the first season, and I was just like, everyone in this is a piece of crap. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm, I like don't want to watch yeah. this. That's what Succession mm-hmm. is too, but I think the writing is better. The a- I don't know that the acting's better necessarily, but the characters are more interesting, I guess. And there's more of them. There's like what twelve characters that you kind of follow, even if some of them are side characters. Um, I love the show. I think it's hilarious. It is, even hilarious. though it's super dark. Yeah, like dark, it's dark, a dark humor comedy. all the way through. It's a great HBO show. Yeah, I watched both seasons this year, and I was blown away. I couldn't yeah, get enough. Yeah. I just wanted to watch it. So and did watch you it and watch it? The second season's different enough. I think it that is. It, like yeah. it goes a lot of really like messed up places it does, man. It does. <laughs> on their crazy. like retreats and stuff it's so like, cool to like <laughs> i don't know if it's actually like this for the these like super rich people but it's cool to get a, a peek into that kind of world yeah and realize just how like it's true what they say money doesn't really bring happiness and just how miserable <laughs> these people's and lives I think that's are the gist, and that's the what it's trying to tell you yeah I think, a little bit yeah and, and it's all about power and mm-hmm. you know sort of all and that they, stuff yeah these even though they're super rich um they their, have, their, like, lives these, their lives kind of suck. Their lives kind of suck, and they have these also really different problems that normal people have, but also right. really like complicated. Yeah, problems and talk about and, first world problems. Yeah, about first world problems, but it's just like and the internal struggle stuff is very interesting. It's, it's very kind of well nice done. to see the rich people like suffering a little. Maybe bit. that's why it's <laughs> yeah. so enjoyable. <laughs> you just want to see them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Succession. It's on HBO, so harder to watch and harder to find for some people and stuff. But um, if you don't have it, but definitely worth watching. And again, one of those shows too that like you could you could watch these sh- these episodes back to back if you want to catch up and stuff. But it's almost one of those where every episode you kind of need a little bit of time to I sort like of that. think yeah. about it. Each I like it. Is kind of is builds, but is like a full arc, like a full container. Yeah, story. and it's they really and they, well done. Yeah, and they really like f- find a lot of time with each character, even though there's a, there's a lot of them, mm-hmm. or at least the main characters. Every almost every episode. They get their own 15 minutes or their own 10 minutes and or something. That show nails um, uh, finales. The yes. finale episodes oh, yeah. in both season one and season two were just incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's really, really the good. Um, they left you with. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, so I did my three of succession. So do your number two. My number two, which I think is your number one, is Watchmen. Yes. Okay. Okay, so my number two is Mandalorian. Okay. My number one is Watchmen. Yep. So we'll just talk about Watchmen, I guess. It's super weird, but it's super good. <laughs> it is super weird. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, so so my wife was uh, watching the first couple, like, episode and a half. So she watched the first episode with me, I think maybe the second, 
and then part of the third, and she's like, I can't. <laughs> she's like, I can't follow this. Like, it's just, it's too all over the place. And she doesn't know, like, the initial story or anything, so that's much more difficult to follow, I think, um, which is totally fair because there's a lot of stuff that, even me, like, I haven't read it in years, and there's stuff I know that I've missed, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but I think it's, I, I love how 30 years, 40 years in, in the future, whatever it is when it was first written, that it's still related, but it's still so different yeah. from the original. So I, I love it. I think it's I feel amazing. really guilty putting this number one on my <laughs> <Why>? list. <laughs> well, because I love the graphic novel. It's my favorite graphic yeah. novel of all time. I think it's one of the best pieces of literature of all time. Yeah. And Alan Moore, I love his comic books. I love his writing. Yeah. He has... So all this, does all not, this points to you loving this. So what's, what's no, why are you guilty? No, <laughs> because he does not want this made. He oh, is that's right. totally opposed to anyone. Like DC kind of did him dirty and kind of... They've retained the rights this whole time, even though it's... a new characters and story that he created. Right. And so... And was he on board with the movie? I can't remember. No, no. Okay. So his name was removed from both the movie. His name oh, and is not, from the movie. Yeah, his name is not in the credits of the show either. Right. The artist, um, Gibbon, Dave Gibbons, his, uh, his name is attached to it. So at least one of the creators are uh, attached to, to this. But yeah, Alan Moore, the writer, is not attached to this. And it's like... Which does feel... Yeah, it makes me feel guilty weird. because yeah. it's like... He didn't get any money for this. They took his things and they did something with it that he would never have gone down this direction with it either, right? And the, the thing I liked about it when I started watching it was they were leaving it alone and they weren't touching his story or his mm-hmm. book. Um, but then they did go in and retcon some of the stuff from the book. But it was just so well done. It's so it interesting. It was so well done. It was so... And reading the book as many times as I have, all the like connections to the book. Yeah, that's why I have to read it again I now. I loved it all. If it wasn't like this well done, like one of the best made shows right. ever in the artistry, in the acting, in the set, like everything about it, then like, yeah, they went all out with they, it. And it it really would have been works. a disaster. Like I would have ripped it to pieces. Yeah. Oh, they could have um, messed this up so yeah, easily. So easily. So the <laughs> fact they pulled it off makes it number one as well. Because like, holy yeah. crap, they did something that I was, I was against them ever. Like, I was against Warner Brothers ever doing anything Watchmen related, yep. ever, because that belongs to Alan Moore, the writer. Yep. And and it's kind of one of those things that you don't really need to touch. Right? Yeah, you like, don't like need to touch it. Like, the story itself, the book itself, you don't need to, yeah. And so I like to feel like this show, it's like, it's like a continuation of the book, yes, but it's also not, in my mind, canonical to the book, I guess. Like, it's just like a side parallel universe story. Okay, you know, so for me, it feels like it is. But, but only I also because don't that's know not, the book as well as you do. His, it would never be... His, I don't think this is his... Right. He would ever tell this story. And he right. is the owner of the story in my mind. Yeah. Anyways, but what I do think when I saw it, I was like, oh, this Elmore would never tell this story, right? Yeah. Like, would ne- this doesn't feel like a continuation of the book as far as its themes go, its political themes. But what I, what I did come up with in my mind was like when the book was written, it was all about sort of the Cold War, the nuclear... Like the nuclear Holocaust, Reagan administration, um, Vietnam, stuff like that. So those were the political... At the time. Uh, yeah, things that were going on at the time. Yeah, like and so 15 years after it happened. This show really, is yeah. like, if Watchmen was written now, these are the political... Well, it takes place in 2019. Yeah, th- this is yeah. what he would be writing about, right? Yeah. So that, it really... The right. fact that they did that, and they didn't make it about, like, the, the it political themes from the 70s. It didn't take place in 1990 the political themes today. Yeah. Makes total sense. Yeah. And I think that was a really, really smart move for them to do. And um, the one- also, it gives them a little bit of a gap to be able to not excuses, but to, to just say like, "Oh, this stuff happened over the last thirty-five years. This is what's happening today," yeah. and they can sort of fill in some gaps mm-hmm. that they choose to fill yeah, in. Yeah, and so it's like yeah. when he wrote the book, it was about what was going on in the world then. We're we're gonna do a somewhat sequel to the book, and it's gonna be what's going on in the world now. Yeah, and I like that. And and David Lindelof said like, 
I'm ch- channeling a little bit Alan Moore and being a little bit like punk rock and just doing it against his wishes because that's what he would do in his youth. Okay, all right. Yeah, sure. I get that. Uh, um, but it was awesome. <laughs> it was much was- must-watch TV every week. I was yeah, like waiting 100%. for the next episode. Yep. The ending definitely fell flat. Yeah, I was good. Okay, um, yeah. Is it, yeah, it felt, quite to- feel... It fell flat, yeah. definitely. I think the, um, the lead-up to it, without any spoilers, the lead-up to it and a couple episodes leading to it I thought were great. Yeah. But like yeah, the last twenty minutes, last half hour, we're kind of like it doesn't. Okay, take, but it doesn't take away the season as a whole. No, right? no, it doesn't. Which um, is still, still, I think, still makes the last episode still good. Yeah, it just wasn't. And the only other critique I have is that they they got the character of Doctor Manhattan totally wrong in the show. Um, that's not like the that Dr. one Manhattan. episode that was based on him. Well, that's not the Doctor Manhattan of the book. Doctor Manhattan of the book is like this guy who gets these godlike powers. Yes, yeah. but. What happens when he gets the godlike powers is he starts to detach from humanity. Yes. And he starts being less human and less human. And he starts to not care about people. Yeah. And love is like not even on his mind. And this yeah, book yeah, is yeah. all a love story about him and the human. And it does not it does not carry over. It's very, very yeah. odd. They really they really forced the shoehorned and forced that in. I think they did, but um, also doesn't fit the character at all. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, maybe the character's a bit off. Again, I, I'm someone who's only read it a couple times, and it's been years since I have. But it f- still felt like, like it didn't feel out of place for the show. Not for the show. Like I still, yeah. f- it flowed well. That episode with the two of them, based on just the two of them, which I think was the second last episode or third last, mm-hmm. was still really good. That was I a thought, great. Uh, that was that's great. That's the thing about the show. It's perfect in the way. The direction, the, way it, tells the, the story. way it tells the story. That episode of of just him and um, yeah, right what was it? Like God walks into the bar yeah, or something like A-bar. that. Yeah, yeah, Angela Abar. Uh, the the way that it was framed was exactly like the way that the Doctor Manhattan issue of the comic is framed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's telling like a three telling story, story. But it's jumping through time, and it totally works. It felt like you were watching his his comic book episode. It was awesome. It yeah. was so my so cool. my favorite episode. Because of the way it was shot, I think, and because of just the the uh, cinematography of it and everything, not even necessarily because that was like the best story of of the of the uh, series or anything, was um, the Hooded Justice one. Yeah, me too. It was crazy. Was it crazy. goes from color to black and white. Mm-hmm. He walks through a door and then he's in a different part yeah. of the city. Like it's just the way that they did all that. It basically flowed like it was one giant play. Yeah. And it was awesome. amazing. I thought it was so cool. And then she's having her flashbacks and things like yeah. that with it too. So yeah, um, that was cool. Okay, so, I mean, yeah. So even though I had those like few criticisms of it, yeah. I still think it, they're minor it, enough that it doesn't. Yeah, they're take minor away. that like the fact that they pulled it off so so well, like catapults to number one because they yeah. had the most to lose in my opinion. Because like people, oh, they had that so much to lose on this. Love Alan Moore were ready to like probably take this thing down, but yeah. So Watchmen number Watchmen, one. Watchmen, yeah, and my number two, my number one. Is Fleabag. I want to fuck a priest. Catholic? Yes. A good one? Yes. Looks good in the... Uh... Mm, yes. I understand. Do you really want to fuck the priest or do you want to fuck God? Can you fuck God? Oh, yes. Just, just please tell me how to not fuck a priest before I get arrested. Well, I don't think fucking a priest will make you feel as powerful as you think it will. Can you just tell me what to do? You know. You already know what you're going to do. Everybody does. What? You've already decided what you're going to do. So what's the point in you? Oh, yeah. So to me... that coming. Yeah, to me, the uh, Fleabag season two, especially 
the first and last episode of the second season, probably most more more so the first, are like perfectly written comedy episodes. Like, I mean, and I mean like perfect. The way there's like a shock towards the end of the first episode that isn't comedy based that just throws you way off and I, I don't know I, I just like I think this show is like written incredibly well and it deserves every single friggin award that it's gotten and it is getting all the awards and it's got, a, yep. got the Golden Globes and everything got a few yeah, like her writing and even like her acting even though it's, yeah, it's comedy acting she's kind of doing snarky stuff or whatever I just think that the writing in this show I uh, haven't it's a different kind of comedy than like, you know, the classics like Seinfeld. Yeah, it's like Seinfeld's a British like comedy. Seinfeld's like the perfect comedy show and smarter, stuff. But it's, it's, it's relevant and it's, it, to today, it's, to, it's, a, it's a recent kind of comedy and it does the, the breaks the third wall kind of way, um, especially in the second season without spoiling how it does it in s- such an interesting way for something that's just supposed to be a raunchy comedy that makes it so interesting and just so much fun and... It's just hilarious. It's just, it's so, so funny. And even though it's just a comedy, the acting is actually really good. You buy every single one of the little scenarios, even though some of them are a little bit outrageous. They put in a lot of real world problems, real life problems in it and deal with it in a funny way. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's sort of, it's almost like cathartic in a way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's one of those shows that now it's done. They're not doing any more seasons. Really? They wrote it for two seasons and they're stopping it and they're not doing any more. And the way that they end the second season totally makes sense. Did it leave it open for another? I can't even remember. Um, I watched it, but it so, didn't have a lasting effect on me. So did you watch the whole thing? Yeah, I did. The second season? The yeah. way that the second season ends... With the hot priest. Yeah. But the, the last, the very last shot okay, of it... I can't remember it. Just Okay, so I'm going to spoil it just because I think that it, to me it, it makes mm-hmm. sense. So just if you haven't watched Fleabag, just stop listening Skip for ahead, one minute. 30 seconds. Yeah, 30 seconds, one minute. She basically, the two of them like break up, so to speak. Mm-hmm. He walks away from like the bus stop. Oh, yeah. It's the and then stop. she's about to walk away. And then she looks at the camera, looks at you, mm-hmm. and sh- and basically like nods her head and walks away and leaves you behind because she's been talking to you and doing right. the third wall breaking the whole yeah. time. The camera stays there and then she walks across the street. Gotcha. And she just basically leaves the viewer behind. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> like, yeah, cool. I, I thought it was just like really, really well I didn't done. Didn't pick so. up on that. Wow. I watched yeah. it. It just didn't really have. I didn't see the hype. It just was. Yeah, I just I love it. I don't know. I've watched it. it was first, good though. I gotta watch the second season again, but I I watched this, the first season again. I wa- actually I watched both seasons this year. Yeah. Because I, I didn't catch it the first time, and then the second season's like to me, like just like perfect writing for comedy and stuff. Cool. So, good choice. Yeah. So I would assume that our show of the year is probably Watchmen. Well, I don't know if it's gonna be Watchmen or Mandalorian because okay, a yeah. lot of people love the Mandalorian. I know it's number one on Ian's list. Oh, well, it then if it's... Number two on my list, it was number five, five for me. List. Yeah, then let's do Mandalorian. Mandalorian? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I have zero I have, issue with that. I think the, everyone else will be comfortable with that yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. Even okay. if it's somewhere on, on the list. Mm-hmm. Or, um, my other... Actually, I just want to do a really quick um, honorable mention. Um, we signed up for a free week of the Apple TV right? thing, and we watched The Morning Show, mm-hmm. which I did not expect to like at all. It's really good. It is surprisingly... Very good. <laughs> and maybe it's because I work in media and work in a morning show sort of environment, type of environment. It's a little bit exaggerated with the way that things are handled. But if you can, like, just sign up for a week and just watch the seven or eight episodes that are in it, watch it. It's I, really, really good. good. Um, I highly recommend I had it. one uh, honorable mention that was, like, 
very close to making my list, but because this is more of a like pop culture kind of pop co- yeah. podcast and back in my day, yeah. um, it didn't make it, but it could have easily made it. That's Chernobyl. Oh, yeah. Chernobyl was Sure, yeah, why not? Yeah. Oh, Chernobyl's amazing. <laughs> Again, so a hard good. watch, yes. but so good. But, uh, yeah. I don't know, it's more like a historical recreation, I guess, but it's yeah, so but it was well it was done. a mini-series that was out this year, another HBO. And apparently it's really like, accurate to what happens, so it's like a history lesson, but yeah. it's also captivating it's to watch. It's eye-opening, man. So, it is. Yeah, it's really Even th- just that first episode alone is, mm-hmm. oh, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so let's get to movies. All right, movies. Um, let's go straight into movies. Um, Mike, what's your number five for movies for 2019? Okay, my number five movie for 2019. Okay, again, I'll preface this by saying there were a lot of movies <laughs> I didn't get to in the second half of the yes. year for reasons we've talked about. I feel like we've gotten to, we got to more TV this year and less yeah, movies. Definitely. Um, it was hard to get to the theater. Yeah. So my number five is uh, Lego Movie 2. Ooh, that almost made my yeah, list too. So we that talked was so about fun. that one. It was really fun. <laughs> We did a review episode, so listen to that if you want. But yeah. I think it was fun to get it. It's good to get, if you can, different genres on my list. So this is sort of like my animated slot. Yep. Uh, it was my favorite animation animated movie that I saw this year. And the Lego movie, the first one, was like my movie of the year. It, the year it came out, I absolutely loved the first one. It doesn't reach the heights of the first one, but it's still no, very but good. it's close. It's close. And it yeah. does, like, like we talked about, it does different stuff and has a different... It's more about siblings... Mm-hmm. and stuff than it is about yep. parenting and, and things and like that. If you have which siblings, it'll really yeah, yeah, understand you, it better. Whether probably. you have a, a little sister or yeah. older brother or whatever, it'll, yeah, especially so towards the end and stuff. Nice, nice. That, that was very close. Um, my number five is Rocket Man. Uh, to one me... One of your most anticipated ones. One of my most... Yeah, in, yeah. and uh, it took me a little while to see it. I saw it a little bit late. Um, unfortunately, I just saw it at home. It would have been cool to see it in the movie theater and stuff, but it's easy to compare it to Bohemian Rhapsody because it's a it's... It's around. It came out around the same time, um, but, but let's not compare. Them. <laughs> it's not compare because that movie is not good, in my opinion. I, I like the music, but f that movie. Yeah. Um, this is not dubbed over. It's all them sing. It's all him singing all the songs. Um, it's kind of like a half drama, half musical. And I don't really like musicals and all that. It helps that I love this music that I like. Really love Elton John music, but. Definitely helps. Yeah. yeah, it definitely helps. I mean, you're going to like it more. I, if you like, yeah. I mean, I really like Queen music, which is maybe one of the reasons why I didn't like that movie is because it just felt different. So does it, I didn't see it, so does yeah. it get more into his backstory and his life than, than yes. Bohemian Rhapsody that does That is what Mercury? it's about. Right. It's only about That's him, it's about his fir- basically the first half of his career, I would say, when he starts and all his drug issues and him attempting to commit suicide and like it gets really serious and works in the lyrics of his songs into like these many musical numbers that are like, and it's not like Bohemian Rhapsody where, where, or any other like sort of musical based movie where, oh, the guy's in the studio and he just happens to be playing the piano and that's when you get the song. He starts singing while he's in bed or walking down the street and then it turns into like a musical number. Oh, yeah. And all this psychedelic stuff type starts happening because he's on drugs or because he's, you know, mentally unstable at the time and stuff. And it doesn't shy away from any of that. It tackles him, uh, being gay, it tackles him with his writing partner, it tackles him with his family, which was a really messed up situation, and it handles it all in a in a good way. So it goes from fun musicals or even like Rocket Man or even some of his songs that you all of them are recognizable, but it'll be in a difficult time of his life. So it gives you perspective on oh, so what that song like means too. When he was writing that song, he was yeah. obviously going through something. So the yeah. lyrics mean something to that period. Exactly. Okay, that's so cool. you kind of make a connection as to what those lyrics mean. Like Rocket Man can be interpreted in certain ways, the song itself, 
But when it shows up in the movie, you're like, okay, I kind of get what all that means a little bit more. And Elton John himself helped not write the movie, but he was part of the screenplay for it. And yeah, stuff. he was like consulting. He was consulting it. He was he was at the the, the he's been at the award shows yeah. everywhere it's been. So like he's very involved with this. So it's to me it feels more like a personal, yeah, very personal. personal, and it all is apparently as accurate as it can be. And the way it's framed, it's similar to how. Um, how you were saying that uh, the Dr. Manhattan episode is framed as like a story. This is framed as a story that way as well. He's telling the story, and then they wrap it all together at the end in a nice way. So anyways, Rocketman, awesome. tons and tons of fun. I have to fun. seek that out now. Yeah, it's really good. I think, good uh... I think it's on one of the streaming servers. Not on Netflix, but I think if you have like the HBO package cool. thing, I think it's on there. Check yeah. that out. All right, so my number four movie of 2019 is a documentary, which is rare. Ooh. Documentaries don't usually make my list, but I saw... This one fascinated me, and this one is called American Factory on Netflix. Oh, I never, I never, I didn't watch yeah, this. Okay, so what's this one about? It's about um, this town in Ohio. Okay, that a GM plant closes, and then a very all too familiar story. Yeah, all too familiar story. <laughs> Plus, people are out of work, and a very, very big uh, Chinese company uh, buys the factory and okay. moves, basically tries to put a factory into Dayton, Ohio. It's like this uh, company Fu Yao that makes automobile glass. Okay, so still so like an auto industry, but specifically glass yeah, specifically for like glass. Toyota or whoever. So it's like yeah. this big boon to the place that lost the factory. But the okay. movie is mostly about how the different cultures, like American culture and Chinese culture, sort of clash a little bit. Okay, because they're bringing the factory into America, but they want it to operate the way like a Chinese factory operates. Right. With you know, and how like efficient those factories right. operate, but also how poorly they people are treated there so it's like oh it's and, part of that too yeah, yeah. and, the, and the, okay. it's like the american workers are just more a bit more entitled okay um it's just it's this crazy movie and like it gets and i guess the documentary crew is allowed to was allowed permission to like follow them around follow around the chairman of the company even the presidents of the asian company yeah came. they okay. went they went to china and like filled how the factory there oh, works okay, so nice. as someone who is into like economics and stuff yeah, yeah. it was fascinating to see like the difference between how like american factory and a chinese factory work and i at the end of the movie i wasn't sure if it was an indictment on sort of the lazy american stereotype the lazy american workforce mm-hmm. um, because they were like trying to get unions in there and the guy was just saying like this the people especially coming from gm and stuff. yeah so, they're yeah. not as efficient as the chinese factory it's not making money yeah but then when you see the chinese factory then you're not sure oh is this an indictment of how the chinese treat their right. people and their laborers or maybe it's because both, right yeah. it's a bit of both yeah, yeah. so it's a interpretation but it's crazy and there's no yeah, so it's kind of both. It's indictment on both things. There's right? no set resolution to it yeah, or anything like that, but, which is interesting. I like that. Yeah, so it's cool. And I've worked in a factory before when I was right. a student, so it was pr- pretty familiar. Right. And um, yeah, and just like getting to see the factory, like it from the eyes of the factory workers, Chinese factory workers, uh, was fascinating. And then also, all right, that's going on very my list. Time, yeah, very timely about like how what's happening yes. in America with industrial in the last few years or, and yeah, stuff. They're, yeah, they're especially industry right now, their manufacturing industry. Yep. So. Very, very cool. And how, basically, China is going to take over the world. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Economically, like, well, this sure, is yeah. how they're doing it. Yeah, but and, I like the o- open to interpretation or, or how you sort of read it and stuff like that. I like yeah, that. Yeah, because you're like, oh, man, these, you start talking, you're like, oh, man, these Americans, they just don't get it. They're not working hard enough, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But then, but then it's, it's like... It's, it's a fine line that, Yeah, then that you, you see the way that the... Chinese factory operates, and you're like, oh man, these people yeah. get these people work 12 hours a day for 28 days a and month and get paid nothing, and, and blah get blah blah. Nothing. Yeah. They get to see their children All three times stuff. a year. Like it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah. They're treated more like military, um, <laughs> yeah, almost slave military like sure. style than like uh, 
like a worker over here. It's just crazy. And they wanted to bring it over here and said, that's yeah, interesting. Okay, yeah. that's good. It's I'm going to, I'm going to, so what was it called again? It was American Factory. American Factory. Okay. Yeah. And Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Okay. And that was your, that was my number four. Four. So my number four is, actually, you know what? I'm going to skip my number four for a second. Okay. Um, and I'm going to let you do your number four. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to, oh, I did my number four. I'll do my number three. Oh, sorry, your number three. I'll tell you why I'll skip okay. my four. My I'm number sorry. three is John Wick. Uh, Parabellum? Is Parabellum? That is, it? Parabellum? Is, it, is it say chapter three? I don't even know if it says no, chapter three. Or not. three. Yeah. That's the third John Wick movie. Yep. Uh, so this movie was amazing. The it was so cool. I just movie, watched it the other week. <laughs> Seeing in the theater was just fantastic. I yeah, just want to get uh, just a little bit two two minutes on this movie. Yeah, yeah. So and going back to another episode of Back in My Day, you and Ian did a favorite uh, action hero star. What was your favorite action star growing up? I think you guys yeah. mentioned that my favorite would probably be Jackie Chan, and you guys were 100% right. We were, yeah. I love Jackie Chan movies <laughs> yeah. growing up. Yeah, I think Ian was like, I think he would yeah. actually go to Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan <laughs> is the best action star yeah. of Craziest. whatever 80s and 90s, yeah. I think. And it's because of the fight choreography. And ever since growing yeah. up watching these Jackie Chan movies... And he did everything movies, himself. Yep. What yeah. I've, I've always loved like choreo- fight choreography in yeah. movies. It's something like, I sort of pay attention to. And these John Wick movies, the fight choreography in these movies is amazing and is incredible on yeah. the big screen. And Connor Reeves does so much of it himself. All three of them, right? And you, like, yeah, you just watch it and you're like, how are they pulling this off? It's like yeah. the single takes, the practical effects. Yeah, and so, yeah it feels like like all of it is practical. Yeah. I'm sure not everything, but most of it when must he, be. When he, in, <laughs> Jackie Chan had this, did this amazing thing where he would like use crazy things as a weapon. Like yeah. that, that scene where he uses a ladder as a weapon yeah, yeah. like eight or eight or ten guys. Yeah. That's all him actually swinging around the ladder that's and moving so, around his head. So crazy. And, yeah, it's crazy. And so they do things in this movie that sort of channel that and use like that's John true. Wick uses a horse as a yeah, weapon. Yeah, that's right. Like he uses a horse, like a live horse as a weapon. It's amazing. And um, so the story is what it is. It's maybe not the best. It may be a bit convoluted. I think it's it's probably the worst of the three We're stories. We're three episodes in now, so the more you unravel this yarn of like every homeless person is a is an assassin, it gets more and more ridiculous. Yes, but I'm here for the action and the fight mm-hmm. choreography, and it is um, the best of 20, in my opinion. So, Is it... I guess they're kind of all meshed together and stuff. Is it? Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite of the three so far? Well, the first one I was blown away by, so I don't think yeah. you can replace the first one. And Same here. The emotional, the motion of it, you know, they kill yeah. his dog and he goes after them, and you don't expect it to be this amazingly choreographed. If movie. I had a nice suit and some sort of weapon that I knew how to use, <laughs> yeah. and someone killed my dog, I didn't see. Yeah, thing. exactly. <laughs> so. and, uh, in the second, um, it got a bit more ridiculous in the second, in the second movie when they introduced his like bulletproof suit. Yeah, um, but the but the but more. Cool choreography. Yeah, I think, more like, cool choreography. They're up in, so the story and the fact gets, that it picks up right yeah. away, I thought it was awesome. I love that part. So it's a great trilogy, but the story gets more ridiculous and worse. But the yes. action gets higher budget and better. So you kind of give a little and take. And not bit. and not more like ridiculous. The action doesn't get ridiculous in a way where you're like, ah, I don't believe this. Like this is getting too stupid. And like maybe there's bits of that in the third one. But not enough to say, like, oh, this is taking me out of this and I yeah, don't want to watch this anymore. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll it, see what happens in the fourth because that's probably inevitable. Yeah, I feel like the story is going to go down this crazy route hole. Or maybe they'll, as... they'll lessen it a bit. Maybe they'll bring it back maybe. a bit. I don't yeah. know. Which would be, Who knows? I'm still on board. I, either I way, this. we're going. <laughs> yeah, I'm still on board. I love this show and I love seeing it in the theater. Yeah, it's, it's super good. Um, okay, so speaking of knives, my third one is Knives Out. <laughs> wow. So would you skip your fourth one? I skipped my fourth okay, we'll one because... Okay, we'll go back because, to it. Okay. Yeah. So um, Knives Out. So oh, Knives Out. So, see it. I'm so I just saw this a week ago, and I was expecting this to be my... F- I actually went into this with too high expectations, I think, because I just kept hearing amazing things about it, and it, the writing is so clever. It is so much fun. 
And the acting, like just like everyone in this movie is perfect for their role. Like absolutely perfect. And um, if we could just get a series of movies based on Daniel Craig's character. Which might happen. Which apparently yeah. might happen now. Um, that's great. <laughs> that's all this movie needs. Um, it has it has a twist every 15 or 20 minutes in the movie. And it's it's a two-hour movie. Like it's a it's a decent decently long movie, but enough different stuff happens in it that are just conversations or just small little tidbits that you're figuring out with other characters. I really want that to you to just want to keep watching it. it. No, I'm not gonna spoil really it at all. Because honestly, the main crux of the story is handled. Even in the trailers, it doesn't give it away awesome. the way that it's handled. Yeah. So I think the trailers are brilliant. I was sold on the movie through the trailer, and then you get you get that movie, but in a much different way than I was you sold on it when Ryan Johnson yes. was being done by Ryan Johnson. Which is exactly you know, he wrote and directed mm-hmm. and helped produce. Like it's cool. super good. Yeah. So definitely go watch it. Nice so it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my number two is Spider Man Far From Home. I nice. won't say much about it here because we did an entire episode on it. <laughs> yeah. So go listen to that episode. And a spoiler version, everything. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought it was the best uh MCU Spider Man movie. Uh one of the best Spider Man movie in years. Not quite as good as Spider Man two, but mm-hmm. up there. Um amazing, amazing movie. If you like Spider Man, which I do. So yeah. there you go. So there you go. All right. Um, my number two is Booksmart. Hi, Molly, Amy. Anyway, I need to go over the end of the year budget numbers we have. Oh, gosh. Really? Like now? What, I mean, why don't you do it with Nick, you know, please? I mean, he's, he, you know, he's the vice president. Nick? We both know that Nick only ran for VP because they planned the dances. That position is, it's basically a popularity contest. He's useless. Ladies, it's the last day. You know, we did it, huh? We got you through high school. Can't we just graduate, head off to college, you know, celebrate this wonderful achievement, and let's focus on getting through the rest of the day without anything I'm sorry, horrible. Are you shutting the door on okay? us? Because that's not shut Right, up. yeah, you've told me that you love this movie. Yeah, I absolutely mm. love it. So it's it's um, it's not a fair way to explain it in a, in a simple way, but take Superbad, make it 12 years later, and have two female main characters, and that's kind of what this movie is. Mm-hmm. But... I think See, that sounds good to me because I love super. I bad. love super <laughs> I bad, but super bad. Comedies. So it's it's still a raunchy, you know, high school end of high school comedy type mm-hmm. thing, um, but it still has the ridiculous. But it's still a little. It, it, you know, there's no there's no going to a random party and having to. You know, there's no fight in the like. There's just the first scene in this movie is absolutely hilarious. It's just that like it's so funny. It's a quick thing where they introduce the characters. And it's like a, it just shows you like how close friends they are. And then there's all these little jokes about, about who they are. And they're, they're the nerdy kids, just like they're in super bad. And they want to have that one last, one last night right. party type thing. That's the gist of the movie. Cool. And it follows them through the night. Um, but it's so funny. And there's so many like ridiculous characters um, that just make it feel like a super fun time. It's it's totally worth watching. And now I think it's on Prime, at least in Canada, it's on Prime. So cool. you can watch it now. So yeah, book smart. Super book funny. Smart. Probably the um the comparison to super bad is what's selling me on that. Well that, yeah. that honestly it, it that's the best it's way a you can simple it. way okay. yeah simple but it's way different. to sell it. It's different, it's different but enough, it. okay. but it's also similar enough that it's the same kind of feel. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Time for my number one movie. It's probably your number four, which is why you because yes. uh, I'm predictable like that. Um 
So, predictable, but also understandable. Uh, predictable and understandable. So, uh, my number one movie, 2019. What I consider the greatest cinematic achievement, <laughs> the greatest cinematic experience. Aquaman! Oh, wait, that was 2018. <laughs> of all time is Avengers Endgame. Just listen to our episode if you want to hear <laughs> us gush about Endgame. Yeah, uh, 45 minutes of just that movie. Yeah, it's not just the best movie of the year. It may be the best, one of my favorite movies of all time. Sure, fair it, enough. It jumped on my all-time list. And it's just incredible what Marvel was able to pull off with this yep. movie. I love it. I rewatched it just last week. It still holds up. It's The emotional part still hold up. The action obviously holds up. And uh, I just think it's basically perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I I love it. It's it's so much fun. I've watched it a few times just this year. Like it's it's great. It's something it's you can great. just put on and just enjoy every single scene. Actually, Infinity War is a bit better to be in the background and just watch every single yeah, scene. Yeah, I since watching this a couple times, I find Infinity War less of a movie to me. It's dropped mm-hmm. down. Oh, okay. For me, and not because it's not a good. movie. But if you're movie. gonna put something on the background, Infinity War is just nonstop action. Uh, this yeah, Infinity. Is more... This one you can you can sit and watch. Yeah. I think more and stuff. Yeah, this is a great movie. I love it. It's so much fun. Um, it's gonna be. Unless something really is crazy like this, there's no way this is not in like the top three of the, my favorite Marvel movies. Yeah. So um, I think that's for a lot of people. It's my um, number one. Yeah. Uh, is it my number one? Yeah, I think it's my it's number one. It's got to be number one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, yeah, nice. So this is number one. We don't have to go too far into it. Uh, that was my four. And my number one is Jojo Rabbit. Hi, Adolf. Want to tell me about that rabbit incident? What was all that about? They wanted me to kill it. I'm sorry. I couldn't. Don't worry about it. I couldn't care less. But now they call me a scared rabbit. My empire will be full of all animals. Lions, giraffes, zebras, rhinoceroses, octopuses, rhinoctopuses, even the mighty rabbit. Oh, nice. Yeah. You got to see it. You got to I'm see jealous. it, I finally. See it might have been on my list because I love... I had a, ti- I had a ticket. I had a, I had a, uh, a media ticket to go to it during TIFF when it debuted, and I missed it, and I was so oh, no. upset. That was like a month. It was like two months before it came out. I'm like, I got to see this movie. I want to see it. It's Taika Waititi. It's just like looks really great. Um, and then I finally got to see it about a month ago, and it's every. it's literally everything I thought it was going to be and more. Because it's not just a comedy, and that's why it's a good movie to me. That's why it's so special, is because it does tackle a very, obviously a very serious subject and and subjects, as far as the characters go, uh, in a funny way, but it doesn't shy away from taking it seriously at the same time, which is a tough balance. And, I, and I'm sure that it's not going to work for everyone. I'm sure it could be a little bit offensive because of what it tackles and because he's an imaginary friend that is Hitler and does says and does funny things. But it's a terrible time in history through the eyes of a child. And it is handled, I think, in the first half of the movie in a very funny way. And there's still comedy in the second half, but it turns into something a little bit more serious. And you get to really get to know the characters and stuff, and it's just amazing. Cool. So, so I good. I have to see it because I also love Taika Waititi. Yeah. 
I, I, I don't know if I like this better or Hunt for the Wilder People better. I remember I, you love I that don't movie. know which one. It sounds one. like he's getting a bit more, I don't know the word, like, uh, he's making more of a statement with this movie This one's his other movies. Yes, right? this one's definitely more of a statement. Wilder People's sort of, I don't know if there's as much of a statement in it, but there's, but there's, um, but it's still a ton still, of fun. Yeah. It's an adventure and stuff. All right, so before we finish yeah. uh, films, I'll just quickly read, because uh, I have Ian Walters and White yes, Powers. Yes, absolutely. So Ian Walters, uh, 5 of 2019, would be Endgame. Yep. No surprise there. Yep. I'll go 1 to 5. Yeah. Uh, then he has The Rise of Skywalker. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, shocker. Also, the fact that it's not uh, on my top five. Neither of our top fives. Yeah. Well, you can tell by our episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Also, listen to that hey, if Listen you to want. that one if you want to hear <laughs> us talk about Rise of Skywalker. Okay, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home is his okay. number three. Then he has Joker, and then he has Toy Story 4. Uh, so Joker, like, that's one that I thought I was going to love. We both and saw I, somewhat I, I recently. Seeked it out, and yep. I, it was good, but it just didn't make my top five. Yeah, same. Um, and then uh, White yeah. Powers, top five, yeah. uh, would be Endgame, Far From Home, John Wick, How to Train Your Dragon, uh, so she has four. So okay. I think nice. with those lists, uh, it's fair to say that Avengers Endgame, Endgame. would be the yeah, movie of 2019. Absolutely, okay. yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, yeah I have no problem with right. that whatsoever. Like it would have been, a- and also I saw two or three movies on here that maybe like I know you haven't seen and possibly that. Yeah, uh, and I know uh, White Power hasn't seen and Ian maybe has seen one yeah, of them or something. So it's only fair to. To do that, it would have been fun if Star Wars was a much better movie, and we could have a big no. debate whether it was Star Wars or Endgame. Uh. They're both they're both a culmination of this big thing. But Star Wars, for I think for me and Dave, at least, just felt totally flat, and um, yeah. it's not even competition really between Endgame and, and not, Rise of Skywalker. Not something I would have expected at all. No, ten years ago, I wouldn't have expected that. Yeah, no, like, me neither. Uh, so that's that's what that is. Okay, so Endgame is our collective movie of the mm-hmm. year. Um, and we have Mandalorian, Mandalorian as our collective TV show of the year, and Apex Legends as our collective video game right, of good 2019. Yeah, good like list. It. Yeah. Good. Not super different, but that's okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> we're right. part we're of the basic. collective. <laughs> yeah, we're basic. That's fine. Um, all right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this very extended episode. We are going to get into our favorite of the decades. We're going to look a little bit further back. We're going to get into that and try and get as many lists as going as that as well. And uh, Mike, in the meantime, where is everyone going to be able to follow along and see our collective list as well? Oh, yeah. So follow us on social media at Day Back In and catch our podcast, uh, Back In My Day, anywhere you find podcasts. Right. And we're going to have everything on our social media feeds. And uh, just because I haven't had a chance to mention this because I set it up and then we've just had a bunch of episodes here and there, we also have a Patreon page, Mike. Right. That um, will help sort of like defer costs of going to see these movies like Knives Out or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, I know we do a lot of stuff that is talk uh, of back when we were growing up and stuff, but also it also gives us a chance to maybe purchase games that we'll be able to experience that we haven't in a long time. You know, a lot of stuff gets re-released on Switch or on PC or something like that. That's basically what we're going for. Yeah, and I want to try to keep the focus back in my day, but how also that ties into what's going on today, because everything today is sort of like from back in the day, right? So yeah. Like if games come out that are sequels to old games we played, that would be fun. Exactly. To do. Things like that as well. And, um, and also trying to get us to do a little bit more new stuff mm-hmm. with the show. Interviews and... Uh, stuff in different locations and with different people and stuff. So uh, check that out as well. That's just under Back in My Day under Patreon, so feel free to find that. Any questions, you guys can always shout out to us on social media as well. In the meantime, thanks very much, everybody, for listening, and we will see you soon.
heard. Wait, but who? Who told you that? Star Trek, Terminator, Time Cop, Time After Time. Quantum Leap. Wrinkle in Time, Somewhere in Time. Hot Tub Time Machine. Hot Tub Time Machine. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Basically any movie that deals with time travel. Die Hard? No, that's not one. This is known. I don't know why everyone believes that, but that isn't true. Think about it. If you travel to the past, that past becomes your future. And your former present becomes the past, which can't now be changed by your new future.